Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. But I'm excited to bring this word that God has placed on my heart. So we're going to kick off in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Can you all stand with me in reading of God's word? Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6, uh, where we're picking up in the context is that God has instructed the prophet Samuel uh, to uh, anoint a new king over Israel um, because uh, Saul, uh, he has been uh, really turning his back on God and, and he was doing the things that God told him not to do. And because of that, God told Samuel to anoint a new king. Um, and that led Samuel to uh, the house of Jesse. And we are picking up in 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, verse 6. And so this leads to the house of Jesse. And, and what I love about the Bible, it is, it, it's so dramatic. All right? Like, it's like if you, if you like TV shows, if you like reality TV, read the Bible, okay? Because it is a dramatic, high intense, you know, there's so many packed in there stories that are good and entertaining. And so what the scene is set is that this they're having this family dinner, and basically they don't know it, but the new king over Israel is about to be anointed. And one of these sons are about to be anointed to be king. And and so they have this long line of sons, and, and basically, almost like on The Bachelor, Samuel's like saying, not you, not you, not you. But he's about to pick somebody who's going to be the king over Israel. And that's where we pick up in verse 6. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, who is one of, of Jesse's sons, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Come on, who's thankful we serve a God that sees us for who we really are, who looks at the heart? He's thinking, but God, he looks at the heart. So then Jesse called Abinadab and, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. So Jesse didn't send a Shammah passed by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. What amazes me about this story really is that sometimes man has their own plans, right? And we can try to make it happen our own way, but if the Lord does not choose it, it's not going to work. There's been many times, like, God, I have an awesome plan. But if this not God's plan, it's not going to work. And so as we're seeing, God has a special plan in store, and only his plan is what is going to prosper in his purpose. And so he looks at him, and he says, none of these, verse 11. So he asked Jesse, are, all, are these all the sons you have? He said, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered, and he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in, and he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully. Everybody say powerfully. Upon David. Uh, this past Sunday, as we continued our semester, first of all, who enjoyed that message this past Sunday from Pastor Bobby? Wasn't that powerful? And 
And all these Wednesday night services, if you don't know if this is your first Wednesday night, we call them deeper services for a number of reasons. Um, we believe we go deeper to God's presence, and um, we know that uh, God's love and peace is so, has so much depth to it, there's, it's never-ending. Um, but one of the reasons why it's Deeper Wednesdays is because we go deeper into what we talked about on Sunday. And, and Pastor Bob was talking about devotion life, and, and he was talking about b being promoted in the kingdom of heaven and where promotion comes from. So that's where we're going to go deeper on. So here's the title for tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Price of Promotion. The Price of a promotion. Come on, let's pray over the service together real quickly. Father, we thank you right now that we are gathered tonight for no other reason but to go closer to you. So have your way, Holy Spirit. We thank you for peace being in the house, God. We thank you, God, for the word being spoken. Let it fall on open minds and soft hearts that we're ready to receive, God. We're ready, God, to be changed by the Spirit, God. We're ready to see miracle signs and wonders take place, God, that we didn't come here to play church, God, but we came here to be the church and, and Father, to experience your presence. So God, have your way tonight, God. We come in faith. We come in agreement, and we're ready to see your best take place tonight, Father. So have your way, Jesus. We love you so much, and everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap of praise, and, and y'all can be seated tonight. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for standing in the reading of God's Word. I was going to Google and preparing for this sermon, and one thing I looked into was these studies being done on the percentages of people who uh, quit their job or, or quit the occupation that they had. Uh, studies actually show that 75% of people who give up on a job or, or quit their occupation said they did so because they did not get the promotion that they wanted. That they thought that they deserved to be promoted but when they didn't get the, the promotion that they thought they deserved, they decided to quit on their job. In the same way, I think as followers of Jesus, we can almost associate our devotion with our promotion from God. We can almost say to ourselves that as long as I'm being promoted, as long as I'm seeing favor and blessed, as long as, I'm, as, long as life is going good, I'm going to stay devoted and I'm going to be praying and I'm going to be making sure I do all the good Christian things. But it seems like when something doesn't go our way or we don't get what we thought we wanted, we're saying, well, we say, what's going on? God, I, I've, been, I've been praying a lot lately. I've been going to church. Why haven't I gotten this blessing? Why haven't I gotten this, uh, this favor from you? Why, why hasn't this happened? And so we get frustrated with our devotion when we don't get the promotion we think we deserve. But how God sees and how God knows it works is that God sees our heart. In that scripture we just read, there, God sees our motives. And if our motives for devotion is to chase after promotion, then we're not going to find God bringing us to what he wants. See, God does not promote those who seek promotion. God promotes those who seeks him, who goes after his name, not after trying to find a title or, or trying to find a, a sense of, of favor in this world. No, God promotes those who are first following after him. So a lot of times I, when I talk to people, they almost get a sense of frustration when they don't get the proper promotion they think they deserve. And they, they say, well, you know, Pastor CJ, I've been praying a lot lately, but I'm still de dealing with this problem. What's going on? 
or I've been going to church and I, I, man, my life's not perfect right now. What's going on? And then we get discouraged. But what we're talking about tonight is, is how we associate really our devotion life, not with seeking just promotion, because that'll come on God's timing. But our devotion life is out of not devotion, but appreciation to what God has done for us. Because if we say, God, I'm devoted to you, not for what you can do for me, but for what you've already done for me. Say, God, I I follow after you, not so that way I can get a promotion at my job or that way I cannot get a new this or new that. No, God, I follow after you because you've given me a peace and a joy that this world can offer. My devotion isn't dependent on what I can be handed, but say my, my, promote, my devotion is dependent on what I've already been given by you, God. I'm not looking to gain something from God. I'm looking to give God devotion for what I've already been given from God. And see, so when we focus on that, we can see that we don't have to associate and, and be frustrated with our devotion like this because maybe things don't work out how we think they should. Because all of... All of David's brothers, all of, all of his brothers, they might have looked the part to be king, but they didn't have the heart to be king. They all looked the part. They all looked like they deserved to be promoted from the outside. But, but God, he knows the heart, and he knows who was being devoted. He knows where the heart is of the individual. You see, God knows what we do when nobody knows what we're doing. God knows what we're doing behind closed doors. He, he's, he's heard your prayer in your prayer closet that nobody's heard. He, he's been with you in those worship sessions that was in your car. He's been with you in everywhere people have it. And so he knows our motives and he knows our heart. And although David's brothers may have looked the part to be keen, they didn't have the heart to be keen. Acts 13.22 actually says this about David. It says that when... Uh, they had removed Saul. He raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Everybody say heart. And he will do all. Everybody say all. All of my will. So I believe that's the biggest really jump that we have to make is that when we pursue after God, we got to pursue after all of God. Because there's sometimes there's some good, there's, there's good and, and comfortable situations and times to pray. And then there's times where the, where the last thing you think you need to do is pray. But you know that's the best time to pray. That's where you're saying, God, I, I need to be after you in all the times, in all things. And all this says in Scripture, in all things, he said, I'm going to do God's will. And that's what made David different from his brothers is that he was willing to put down his will and pick up God's even though and even though David wasn't perfect just because he was after God's own heart and knew when he did wrong he knew where to to go to ask for forgiveness and because he was after God's own heart he found favor and promotion from God so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at David's heart and see what led him uh, to being promoted to be king we're going to take a back look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, verse 11. And we just read this, but it says that while they were having uh, dinner and Samuel asked, hey, where is the, is this all of your sons? Where, is, is there anybody else? And this is how Jesse answered him. He said, he said, are all these sons you have? He said, no, they're still the youngest. Jesse answered, and he, and he is tending 
the sheep. And what I found that was almost kind of offensive to me, see, if I was David, I'll be offended. Because David wasn't even invited to the family dinner, okay? Because Samuel comes into town. You got you to know this about Samuel. He was a big deal. He was the prophet, all right? There's only one prophet during that time. It was Samuel. And so he is, he's a celebrity in town, okay? So imagine somebody, like, imagine a, a celebrity is over for dinner, but you don't receive the family text to come to the house, okay? So David wasn't even invited to, to, di to the dinner. He wasn't even respected enough in his family to deserve an invitation. But here's what I love about God. It's that God's promotion does not require man's invitation. God is not waiting until man says you're good enough for him to say, hey, you're mine. God is not waiting for man to say, now, okay, now people see how good you are. Now I'm going to use you. No, God uses you now, even when you're not being invited, even now when people are counting you out, even when people are saying you're too young, you're too this, you're too, no. God says, no, I don't require a man's invitation. I see who he is. He has the heart of a king. And the next thing I saw is that his dad, his own dad, Jesse is David's dad, but he didn't even bother to say his name. He just said, oh, the youngest one. He didn't even say, he didn't even bother to say David. No, he said, oh, I got a youngest one, and he's out tending the sheep. He didn't even bother to say David's name. I think there's some times where people might say about you, oh, you're too young, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. But God knew who David really was. That's that even if the world calls us inexperienced or calls us unqualified or whatever the world calls us, it doesn't matter because God knows who we really are. Even though Jesse didn't call David by name, God knew who his identity was on the inside. God said, no, he has the heart of the king. Yeah, you might not see it from the outside, but I see it from the inside. David, he has the heart of the king. And while everybody was getting dinner, while everybody was eating with Samuel, David was taking care of the sheep. Now, taking care, being a, a shepherd, that was the lowest job you could have in the family. Okay, that, that, honestly, that was the lowest job you could have at all. It, it wasn't the position of a son to be a shepherd. That was the position of a, of a hired servant or someone from the out. No, it wasn't. That was even too low for most sons to have. But yet we find David being a shepherd in the field, taking care of the sheep while everybody else was eating and having a good time, while everybody else was with the prophet Samuel, David was taking care of the sheep. But yet David wasn't complaining about the sheep. Even though he was not invited, even though he was doing things that others weren't doing, he, he wasn't complaining about the responsibilities that he had. He wasn't complaining about the job that he had. He was grateful for the job that he had. Even though he was taking care of the sheep, and that's the lowest uh, responsibility and title you could have of a shepherd, he still took that title, he took that responsibility, and he said, I'm going to be a good steward of the responsibility that I'm given. So this is point one for tonight. We're talking about the price of promotion. Point one is this, is that we have to have the heart. Everybody say the heart of a steward. The heart of a steward. See, before God can promote us to the next level, he first has to see what are we doing with where we are now. 
See, I believe if David was complaining about being a shepherd and he was not taking care of the sheep during that time, if, he would, if David could even been trusted to be a shepherd, God would not have trusted him to be a king. But see, he looked at David and he was being a good steward of where he was at. See, before God can bless us with more, before God can give us uh, more responsibilities, what are we doing with the responsibilities that are in our hand right now? A lot of times, you know, I talk to people and they say, you know, when I get that title, then I'm going to, man, I'm really going to, I'm really going to work hard. Now, right now I'm coasting because, you know, it's, you know, but man, when I get there, when I get there, man, I'm real. No, see, you have to start here and now and before you get to the next. You have to say, God, what is in front of me now? I might just be a lowly shepherd right now, but I'm going to be the best shepherd you've ever seen. I'm going to make sure that I'm being a good steward of what I've been given. And when God sees you being a good steward and sees you at the heart of being a good steward, then he says, okay, now they're ready for promotion because they're showing me they can do a lot with a little. When you show God you can do a lot with a little, then guess what? God can trust you with a lot. And then God can say, okay, he's been doing, he's been such a good steward. She's been such a good steward. And, and with their business or with this, or whatever God has blessed you with, they have been such a good steward. Now I can trust them with more. Now I can trust them with more. Now I can put more blessings. Now I can, I can trust them with more because I know that they can handle it. See, before God can bless us with more, we first have to be a good steward with what he's blessed us right now. So David, he's anointed to be king. The shepherd boy, he, he's anointed to be king. And what I think is kind of a, and again, the Bible, man, it's, it's drama. He gets anointed to be king in front of all of his brothers, right? I'm like, God, you could have gone and anointed him in the, in the, you know, outside the house, not make him feel bad. But in front of all his brothers, imagine this. Imagine you have, does anybody have a, have a little brother or sister? You know, anybody in the house? Imagine you have all your little brother or sister comes in front of you and a celebrity comes and whatever and anoints him, makes him the best of it, whatever it is, in front of all the brothers and sisters, right? You're like, oh, shoot, I'm never going to hear the end of this. They're never going to stop talking about David's king now. David's all going to walk around like bow down and worship me now. But David is anointed to be king in front of his family, but yet he went back to the shepherd field. He could have said, okay, I'm anointed to be king. Guess what? I am, like, I made it, all right? Those shepherd times are behind me. Thank you, Jesus. I made it. I don't need to do anything else for the rest of my life. And no, he was anointed to be king, but yet he didn't say, you know what, I, I demand to be king right now. He didn't, he didn't rush God's timing. See, there's some, there's some callings and purpose that God has put on your life that are supposed to be in God's timing. Because if David, on that moment, he was anointed to be king, went straight to Saul and said, get out of here. I'm king now. That wasn't God's timing. It was years, 16 years, plus years after that anointing before David stepped in to be king. Years. But even though he had the anointing, even though he had the identity, he still had the humility to say, God, let your will be done. Let your timing be done. He could have demanded the throne, but instead he went back to the shepherd field. Went back to his responsibilities, and then he waited for God to bring the promotion. He went back to the shepherd's field, and then he waited for God to open up the opportunity to step into the throne. See, before we can step into the next season, before, we, before he could learn to be king, he first had to learn to be a good shepherd. 
See, whatever we're doing now, whatever season we're in now, is directly connected to what we're going to be doing next. That's why I say, God, I know maybe it doesn't look exactly how I thought it would right now, but you know what? I'm going to be all in right now. I'm not going to be looking to the next. I'm not going to overlook what you have in front of me and miss out on what, God, you're taking me. No, I'm going to focus here right now. It might not be a lot. It might be a little, but I'm going to focus on it because the next, that's God's job. I'm not going to overlook the relationships, God, you put in my life right now. I'm not going to wait until I have this big influence before I start stepping. No, I'm going to start right now. And if I, God, if I follow you right now, then I'm going to step into the next that you have for me. And so David is anointed to be king, but he focused on his now, and he let God handle the next. Turn to your neighbor and say, let God handle the next. Let God handle the next. Focus on right now. Say, God, I'm focusing on today. I'm focusing on this moment. I'm focusing on this minute. I'm focusing on this second. And if I do that each and every step along the way, then I'm going to find myself in the promises and the purpose of God. Amen? Well, give Jesus a shout of praise if you're thankful for that. And so David, he, he's anointed to be king, but he's still living and has the responsibilities to, to be a shepherd, but he, he's a good steward and and he, and he says, really, if you study the life of David, we can't go much more or too deep into it. That'll take forever. But he's, he's a worshiper. He, he says it's a great musician that he, that he always spend time worshiping after God in the fields and read the book of Psalms. And that's all David, okay? He's a worshiper. And, and so he just spends time with God. He's focusing on being a good steward. And then while he's doing that, it says this, uh, that Saul, while, while David is in the fields, as a shepherd worshiping and is doing what God has him for that moment to do, uh, go to King Saul now, who, who is struggling. King Saul, who he is, he is having this isn't like anxiety attacks and doesn't have any peace in his mind. It says that none of the musicians in the palace could, could calm his mind. And, but one of his servants heard about uh, David, the son of Jesse, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18. So Saul is having a hard time, but it says in verse 18, it says, One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David the shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. Now remember, he's anointed to be king, but he's still a shepherd. So send David the shepherd. And Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread, and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving. Come on, somebody say serve. serve. Began serving him. Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor bearer. What I love about that is that David did not seek the king. The king seeked after David. When you put God number one in your life and you say, God, I'm not worrying about, I know I'm anointed to be king. I know I'm anointed to be king, but I'm not worried about how I get there. I'm worried about following after you, God. When you make God number one in your relationships and you don't worry about making connections, you say, God, let God handle that. When you put God number one, all those things will fall in order. All those relationships will fall in All those connections will fall in order. There's so many times when there's been a connection or relationships, and all you can say is, that wasn't me, that's God. 
that, that, that was a divine connection. That was a divine relationship because that just came out of the formulation of me just falling after God. I wasn't seeking to find that person, but I was seeking after God, and God let me find that person. God let me find that connection to lead me to my purpose. So when we put God number one in our relationships, then all other relationships will be in order. So David didn't seek after the king, but the king seeked after David because David had something different on the inside of him. So David showed up to the palace, but he didn't tell king, tell king Saul. He's like, hey, he didn't go up to Saul and say, listen, your days are numbered, old man. I'm up next, right? <laughs> he didn't go up to Saul and say, oh, look, obviously, like, let's just cut to the chase. Get out of here. I'm king now. I'm a no, no. He went to king Saul and he said, I'm here to remove you. I'm here to help you. And he served king Saul. He became Saul's armor bearer. It's point number two for tonight, as far as the price of promotion, is that we have to have the hands, everybody say the hands, of a servant. The hands of a servant. See, even Jesus said that the Son of Man did not come uh, to be served, but to serve. That we're called to be a servant. That we're called to, to say, God, I, I'm not here for titles. I'm not here to get fine promotion in my name. No, God, I'm here to serve your name. I'm here to be a servant. I'm here to make sure that I am serving those around me. That's why I love Matthew chapter 23, verse 11. It says, the greatest, everybody say the greatest. The greatest among you must be a servant. Just right then, there, hey, if you want to see promotion in the kingdom of heaven, then you better grab your towel. You want to see God doing something great in your life and bringing you to places and spaces you never thought you could go? Be ready to serve. Because he said the greatest among you will be, must be a servant. When we make our number one priority, and that's why I see people come in so many times and they just want to serve. And I love that. Because when you make your number one priority to serve one another, to serve the you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the neighborhoods, the community, when all you want to do is serve God sees that, and then he knows, and that puts you on the fast track, the fast track in the kingdom of heaven. He said, I, I see that heart of a servant. I see that they have the hands of a servant. They're not looking for titles. They're, they're not looking for some sort of, of, of promotion. or No, they're just looking to serve, and that's what David came. He was just looking to serve. When you say, God, I don't need a title. I don't need this. I don't need that, that. God, I just want to serve. That's why scripture says the least will be the greatest, and the greatest will be the least. I've, we've said it many times, but if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. David came in ready to serve. He said, King Saul, I'm here to serve. I'm here to be your armor bearer. And he did so many things for King Saul. Even King Saul was, again, the Bible's drama. If you read it, there's a lot of stories. King Saul tried to kill David many times. But David said, look, I... I'm here to serve. It's not my time yet. I'm here to serve you, King Saul. I'm here to look after you. Even, and he served and he was kind. That's why it's so important for us to serve. And when God sees that, see, God will only bring promotion when he knows and he sees our heart of a servant. When he sees that we are serving people. See, the only reason why God promotes people is not so that way we could elevate ourselves, but that way we can elevate the name of Jesus. That's the whole reason why promotion in the kingdom of heaven takes place. God will never promote you to say, okay, I want to make your name great. No, he says, I'm going to promote you so that way you can make my name great. 
So that way he said, we're here all in the name of Jesus. That's why we have promotion. So when God sees that you are serving, he's going to promote you because he knows that if I bring them more responsibility or if I can bring them a place in the kingdom of God, I can trust him because I know more people will be served if they get the responsibility to do it. Because, see, if he sees you serving, that's when God will bring promotion because he knows that more people will be served. That's why God blesses us, not so that we could have more, but so that way we could bless more people. That's why God gives us more finance, not that way that we could save more, but so what we can bless more people. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed so we can just hold everything. Scripture says that those who bless people, they, they are rich. They are the ones who find uh, the things and, and the blessings that God has formed. We are meant to be a blessing to God. See, we serve people. We, we are here to be a blessing. When God sees that, when God sees that you are willing to serve, when God sees that you're putting down your name and picking up his name, when God sees that, let me just tell you this, you better get ready because God's going to take you to places, to, to, to a future that you never saw, thought was possible before. That's all done by serving. Amen. So if you're ready to serve in the name of Jesus, give him a shout of praise, the great servant. So David, if you see, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, a pattern going on during David's early life after being anointed. He says, all David is doing right now is saying, God, I know, I know where you're taking me. Because sometimes, sometimes the problem isn't not knowing what God has for us in the future. Sometimes the biggest problem is, God, how are we going to get there, Right? Say, God, I know, I know what you promised me, but I'm struggling with the process of how, how to get to that promise. Or, God, I know where you're taking me. I see step 20, but, God, I'm still on step one. I don't know how I'm supposed to get way over there. And, but all David was doing, he wasn't, he wasn't just focused on, on going and, and looking. He wasn't trying to, to speed up the process. No, he was just being a good steward, and he was being a good servant. He's being a good uh, steward, and he was being a good servant. He's being a good steward of what God had given him, and he was being a good servant. He was serving those around him. He was doing it. He was serving King Saul, and he was being a good steward. He's still being a shepherd. He was was being a good steward. He was being a good servant. He's being a good steward. He's being a good servant. And sometimes it seems like we're doing that a long time, but he was doing it, and you just see it. He's kept on. If you you read, he was just being a good steward, and he's being a good student. And while he was doing that, then an opportunity of promotion came. While he was being a good steward, while he was being a good uh, servant, the promotion, the opportunity of promotion came. While, everybody say while, while he was being a good steward and servant. Don't believe me, read, script, read this in 1 Samuel 17, uh, 17 verse 20. So this is when David, uh, uh, this is before David and Goliath, right before it. So it says, so David left the sheep with another shepherd. See, everybody say he's being a good steward. He left the, he left the sheep. He didn't just leave the sheep behind, right? And say, okay, God, I, I feel God leading me. And I'm just leaving all my, no, he left the sheep with the shepherd. He's been a good steward. And set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. And see, he's been a good ser- servant. He's bringing the gifts. And he arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. See, David didn't even know that he was about to enter an opportunity for promotion. He didn't know that. All he was doing was serving and being a good steward. And all of a sudden, the opportunity came up. He was being a good steward. He was being a a good servant. And then the opportunity came up. See, David showed up looking to serve, not being promoted. 
and David showed up to the battlefield. And I'll just kind of summarize the context, but basically he shows up to the battlefield and all his brothers who looked like the part to be keen are hiding behind rocks. And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're looking, they're like, oh, like we're scared of what? They're scared of Goliath. Goliath is standing with the whole Philistine army. And, and Goliath is just trying to say, is anybody brave enough to face me? Is anybody a man enough to face me? And all the Israelite army are, are hiding in tear. And David shows up. And again, he's not looking for, for an a, a opportunity to promote. He's not, he, he's just, he was just there to serve and to be a good steward. But he shows up and he sees the opportunity. But at first, uh, the opportunity of promotion at first looked like a problem. When he first showed up, the opportunity of promotion, it looked like a problem, right? Goliath is there, basically shouting out all these obscene things towards the Israelites. There's this big problem presented before him, but nine times out of ten, the promotion from God is first going to look like a problem to man. Most of the time, what God's promotion, the opportunity, it's going to look like a problem to everybody else. And they might even say, like they told David, if you read it, the brothers were like, David, what are you doing here? You're not ready. This problem's too big for you, David. And he said, go back to the sheep. You're not ready for this. But even though man saw it as a problem, God was actually had it as an opportunity for a promotion. God actually had it installed for him. He said, I know everybody has seen, everybody's scared, everybody's running away, everybody thinks that this is the end of the world, but no, because of what you've been doing in your devotion, because of how you've been a good steward and how you've been a good servant, now I'm about to show you how you can go and fight these battles, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And although everybody else is looking at it as a problem, it's an opportunity for a promotion. There's been so many times where I've seen in my life, I was, I said, God, this is a problem. And, but then God reveals, no, this is an opportunity for a promotion. And even though everybody around me was saying, no, uh, you need to back up. You know, you need to, you need to, you're not ready for this. God was saying, no, this is an opportunity. This is a way that I'm going to make where everybody says it's impossible. See, God has those ways of doing things. When everybody says you, you are not able, you better get ready because God's about to do something great on the inside of you. God does something great on the inside of us when we aren't able to do it. Why? Not so that we can get the glory, but so that way he can get the glory. Amen? And David approached this situation. He said, who is this, who is this Philistine, uncircumcised Philistine, coming against the armies of the living God? He knew who he was fighting for. And even though Goliath seemed to be a problem, it was actually an opportunity for promotion. Because King Saul, even King Saul came up to David and, and, he, said, and he said, David, I don't know what you're doing here. You're, too, you're a little too small. But he said, if anybody kills Goliath, they're going to be able to marry my daughter and live tax-free. Hallelujah. That was an opportunity. And David saw it. And even though he, he saw it and he came up to that battle and he knew and he saw and he felt, I believe that in that moment, all those times of being a good steward as a shepherd prepared him for that moment to step up, to step up by faith. I believe that all those times you spend in prayer, it kind of gets you ready for a moment to step out by faith. 
I think all those times you spend in worship gets you ready and gets you stirred up to when the time to fight and the battle comes. You say, I'm so ready to get this. I'm so ready to step out by faith. I'm so ready to see a victory in the name of Jesus. Nothing's going to stop me from taking this step. Yeah, people are running. Yeah, people are scared. But I got Jesus on the inside of me, and I've been spending time with him lately. So I'm ready to fight this battle that he has for me. That is what spending time with God does. It gets us ready for the purpose of God. Let us never be a moment where God's opportunity comes, but because we weren't being a good steward or weren't being a good servant, we miss out. Because we, we, we miss out on opportunity or even the worst thing, we don't even see the opportunity. We just see the problem. We just say, oh, there's big life. Yep, I'm going back to the street. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going back to my comfort zone. I'm going back to what I know. I'm, but when you've been spending time with God, you're going to see opportunities where people see opposition. You're going to see ways for God to make a, a way and to, to do what only God can do when others are saying, they're, they're, we're, in a, we're in a bad place. There, there, there's no way that this can turn around. But see, that's what spending time with God does. It, it gets us ready. Everybody say, it gets us ready. It gets us ready for the battle. Can you stand to your feet? I'm closing. See, when everybody else was running, David was ready. When everybody else was, was, was afraid for their lives, when everybody else was saying, there is no way we can win, David was ready. And I believe that he was ready for that moment because when everybody was being inconsistent, David was being consistent with God. When everybody else was not choosing to, to spend time in worship or spend time of falling after God, when David was choosing to be in the quiet place. David said, I'm glad when they say to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David, David always spent time with God. Nobody had to be around. Nobody had to know. But David loved being in the presence of God. And because of this devotion life, it allowed him to be ready and be ready for God's direction. Allowed him to be ready. When God said go, he had the faith to, say, to, to go out and go. When God, when God spoke, he had the ear to hear because he was spending time with him. I'm going to close with this scripture in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. And so he's talking to, to Goliath, and he steps up. And long story short, Goliath looked at David how all his brothers looked at David. Goliath looked at David how everybody else looked at David. He said, who is this small, young kid? He even said, he said, he said why do you come at me with sticks? He's talking about David. And he was just calling him a... A small, a insignificant, a unable. Just how everybody else saw David. But see, they looked at the outside. But God was on the inside. And David replied to the, to the Philistine. He said, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord will conquer you. He said, the Lord will have this victory. I don't come in the name of David. I come in the name of the Lord. I don't come to seek my title. I come because I'm a good servant and I'm a good steward. And I'm feeling what God has directed me to do. He said, the Lord will conquer you. And then David said, I will kill you and cut your head off. I bet you he wasn't expecting that. He said, then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 
And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. Mm. Not with sword and spear. So this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. But this is what I want to focus on in verse 48. But as Goliath moved closer, see, you can be all talk, but sometimes you got to walk the walk, right? David was talking mess, all right? It's almost like, you know, you're, you're in, if you ever played a pickup basketball game, there will be some people who will just love this talk like they're the best basketball player ever. Then you watch him play like, you've been lying. You're lying, obviously, right? So David's talking all this talk, but when Goliath took a step forward, a lot of times we, man, if the, when a the problem takes a step forward to us, when the opposition takes a step forward to us, we sometimes if we haven't been praying, if we haven't been sitting, spending time with God, we can flinch. We can take a step back. But it says this. It says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly, everybody say quickly. David quickly ran out to meet him. He saw Goliath take a step forward. He said, I'm not intimidated. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I defeated the bear and the lion, and you're nothing for the armies of the living God. <laughs> David did not hesitate in the moments of battle. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't afraid. Point three for tonight is this. It's that we have to have the price of promotions, that we have to have the haste. Everybody said the haste the haste of a soldier all that means is that you got to be ready you got to be ready to go you got to be ready when a problem when the enemy tries to intimidate you you got to be ready to respond with the word of God when the enemy says you're not able you're not enough when the enemy tries to come against your business and your family when the enemy tries to come against your household you have to be ready to step up and say I've been spending time with the armies of the living God I've been spending time with my with my father in heaven and you might come against me Goliath but I'm going to run out quickly to meet you because I got the faith on the inside of me. I've been spending time in worship. I've been spending time in prayer, and I know who I am in Christ. You might not think a lot of me, but God thinks all of me. God knows who exactly who I am. And he stepped out to meet him. And when Eliab, his brother, ran, when Abinadab, his brother, ran from Goliath, when Shammah ran from Goliath, David, the, the smallest, the youngest, the, the one who the world thought was obsolete, David stepped up in the heat of the battle. David stepped up and said, I'm ready to go. David said, I, I'm ready for this moment. I'm ready to take a step by faith. I'm ready to step out. And that's what we have to be ready for is that when those opportunities come, you've got to be ready to step out quickly. Don't hesitate. A lot of times I don't, I don't want to hesitate because I don't want to give my flesh or the enemy time to, to fill me up with insecurities or intimidation. I'm going to step up right away. So I trust God. I'm going to take this step. I'm going to go into this battle, and I'm going to have my faith to step out. See, David had the haste of a soldier. He said, I'm not backing down from this fight. See, we live this life with God, and he gives us the strength that we never thought we could have. He gives us the ability we never thought we could handle. He, he gives us the strength for supernatural strength. I believe the gift of faith that in moments that when the world is fleeing, when everybody's running, when everybody's in panic, because of who's on the inside of us, we can have the strength and the faith to step up and say, God, use me right now. God, I'm ready. Everybody else is running, but I'm ready. Everybody is afraid, but I'm ready. That's how we advance the kingdom of heaven.
closing thought for tonight is this. God promotes those who have the heart. Everybody say heart. The heart of the steward. The hands. Everybody say hands. The hands of a servant. And the haste. Everybody say haste. The haste of a soldier. God promotes those saying, God, I'm ready to serve. I, I want to be a good steward. And I'm ready to be a soldier. I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to go out. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be afraid. But I'm ready to step out by faith. I'm ready to say, God, use me. I'm ready to say, God, even when the midst of battles and fighting my Goliath, I'm, I'm fighting my, my problems, the opposition, I'm ready for God to use me. What I want us to pray tonight, what I just want us to focus on is say, God, let us never miss out on the opportunity of promotion. Let us not ever not be in the right position or the right mind or the right heart to where when God needs to move, I'm not ready to move with him. But God, let us always be ready to follow, to say yes, and to be ready and to be in the right mind and the right spirit. And the only way we can get there is that we have to make sure that we're having the right devotion. Because our devotion life is what connects us to the, promote, to the promotion of God. When we are devoted to God and say, God, I, have, I just want to spend time with you, God, I... God, I just want to spend time in your presence. That is when we go up in the ranks in heaven. It's when we're saying, God, I'm devoted after you. We're saying, God, I want to spend time with you. That's when we begin to get the strength for the battle, for the fight. It's when we're saying, God, I want to spend time with you in your presence and in faith. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray over tonight. Father, I thank you, Father. There's anybody who's dealing with their Goliath, who's dealing with a problem that seems so big and it seems like it's not able to be moved or defeated, God. Right now, we thank you, Father, that you, God, have all the power and all the might, God. That, that you, God, are able to give us a victory, God. And even when man says we're unable, even when man says we're not capable, even when people are saying that, even when we don't even receive the invitation, God, you still give us the promotion in the spirit, the promotion in your kingdom, Father, to step up, God, to take our family for you, God, for, for us to step up in the workplace, for us to step up in the hallways for us to step up God and and say God use me in this moment I God I want to be a good steward father I want to be a good servant in your house God I want to make sure I never miss out on anything that you have for me so father we thank you for faith being stirred up in the atmosphere we thank you Jesus that what you're doing in the house God what you're doing right now father that you're lifting up any God heavy God this grief or a heart, God. You're lifting any God-heavy loads that we're more meant to carry, Father. You're giving us the peace of mind to know that we have victory in the name of Jesus. You're giving us peace of mind to know that the battle belongs to the Lord, that we are here not to bring victory to our name, to bring victory to your name, God. That we are here, Father, to see, God, your purpose be done on this earth, and we're just here to be good stewards and be good servants of it, Father. And be able to step out in the time by faith and be ready, God, that when you call on our name, that we're here to answer. When you call on our name, we're here to say yes to you, Father. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.